step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All right, welcome everybody to the podcast. We want to just thank you for taking the time uh, to log in. We are discussing breaking the spirit of Jezebel for many of you that are listening today. On this podcast, I want to thank you for taking the time, the opportunity. I have some good news. Our baby girl Zion is coming. We are getting ready to meet her very, very soon. So thank you for praying for us, lifting us up. We want to just take this opportunity to thank every single one of you. I'm here in my home in San Diego, California. And man, I'm just telling you, God is doing something powerful. He's done doing something supernatural in my life in my family and so for those that follow us on facebook we will be going on live on wednesdays once a month we'll be coming on through video but every tuesday and thursday we'll be dropping uh, content on our podcast here on spotify itunes iHeartRadio. for those that are listening on amazon pandora whatever platform that you're on today we want to thank you and today here on kingdom shifters i do want to welcome you and i want to talk about breaking the spirit of jezebel you know, many times we have probably have felt delayed or disturbed or even discouraged or even disappointed. Uh, let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt like something was just stolen from you spiritually? Like there was an interruption in the perfect plan or perfect will of God for your life. It even brought you to a place of isolation. Well, here's the question that I have for you and me. Does this church still have supernatural power? You know, the times that we live in really poses the challenge of, do we still have power? Is there still power? We were just in my um, house the other day, and and we had a power outage throughout the whole entire street. About 7,000 residents were impacted. I thought, hey, what's going on? Is the rapture taking place? Because the power went out, and there was a brownout on that whole entire block. And I realized, you know, the question, does the church still have power? Do we still have supernatural power? And so today, I want to predicate this podcast on spiritual warfare, because many that are listening, whether you've gone through a season of discouragement, maybe disturbance, disappointment, or maybe something has been stolen from you spiritually, or maybe you felt like you've been in a place where you've been isolated and you feel like nobody is there for you. Well, I want you to know those are spiritual attacks. Those are spiritual lies of the enemy. And the Apostle Paul really uh, gives us an outline of the importance of spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6. So I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to break this down here on this podcast today. And and, and I'm going to try to teach to you how to break the spirit of Jezebel in your life. So we're going to go to our scriptures and we're going to read them. And we get back from the break, we're going to start this teaching, this preaching, this podcasting on Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to talk about breaking the spirit of Jezebel. All right, we're back here, and I want to thank everybody again for sharing this, letting everybody know about Kingdom Shift. There's a supernatural podcast. 
I want to talk here in verse six, verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul is writing the Ephesus church. He says to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And that is so powerful, right? Because the Apostle Paul is teaching, is writing the church from prison uh, regarding putting on the full armor of God. Uh, verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, when we think about this letter that's written to Ephesus, remember the church was living in a Greco-Roman world. Uh, there was a lot of pagan deities. There was a lot of witchcraft in Ephesus. In fact, when you read in Acts 19, uh, you could remember the story when Paul went with mighty miracles to the city. And there was such a move of God that many were burning their books that contained so much um, incantation, spells or witchcraft or some type of uh, magic that was being practiced in that city. So just to give you a little bit of a background here, Paul's writing to the church and he's giving them the um, the charge to put on the full armor of God that they may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why would he tell him that? Because there's a real spiritual battle that is taking place in the city of Ephesus. In fact, when you think about the battle that he's dis discussing here, he's writing here, he is talking about really coming against the spiritual influences of the city, of the territory. Uh, principalities, they move globally. They move regionally. They move locally. But they also move personally. And I think we have to embrace this thought that when Paul tells the Ephesus church to put on the full armor of God, he really gives them the understanding to dress themselves up in the spirit. That's why he opens up in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full with the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Let me pause there because as a Christian, as a believer in Christ Jesus, we have the full armor of God. We have been given access to put on this armor, to be clothed with this armor. Jesus said in Luke 24 that we will be clothed with Holy Spirit and power. And so as we put on the full armor of God, that we are spiritually speaking in warfare to stand against the schemes or lies of the devil. Now, what are the strategies or the schemes of the enemy? Well, this is what Paul says in Corinthians. He says that for even Satan himself masks himself as an angel of light. And, and what happens in that is that he has these type of devices that he really tries to use against the people of God. In other words, he is plotting to deceive God's people. And that is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We, we have to realize that the enemy is the enemy. And he is trying to send and trying to intimidate and trying to break a Christian's faith in believing their, their stance on who Jesus is within their life. That's why we must understand that this is a spiritual battle. It's a, it's a battle not in the carnal or in the flesh, but this is a spiritual battle. And, and, and whenever we take territory or advance the kingdom of God, understand as Christians, as intercessors, there must be three things that must happen. Number one, we must watch the walls of the kingdom. Number two, we must protect the house of the Lord. And number three, we must battle every force of hell. Matthew 16 tells us 
And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Paul is speaking to the saints, and in the midst of this war, he is pursuing, he's telling them to pursue, advancing the kingdom. When we come back, we're going to open up and talk a little bit about breaking the spirit of Jezebel. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on Kingdom Shifters, a supernatural podcast. Well, I want to thank you again for taking the time here on Kingdom Shifters, a supernatural podcast. Evangelist Tim here, and we are talking about breaking the spirit of Jezebel. I wanted to discuss with you uh, the if you've ever felt derailed, disturbed, discouraged, disappointed, or something what was you know may have been stolen from you spiritually. The, the spirit of Jezebel operates in taking something from God's children. And how the spirit of Jezebel operates, operates through leadership, whether it's in a business organization or maybe some type of hierarchy uh, in church circles, it is done through the church. In fact, in Revelation chapter... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 2 verses 20. Here's what the Bible says regarding this end time seducing spirit that is manipulating God's people in the church in Thyatira. Uh, He says, here's Jesus, but I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrifices to idols. So he's giving Thyatira an opportunity here to fix something. He's giving them their report card. If we study the book of Revelation in its context, you'll know that Jesus speaks to the seven churches. These are the seven letters. This is what's written to them. And he's pointing this out in Thyatira that they have tolerated the woman Jezebel. They have tolerated this so-called herself prophetess who is teaching and seducing God's servants. Now, is there a difference between New Testament Jezebel and Old Testament Jezebel? No, because when you study the Old Testament Jezebel, there is a seduction and manipulation that happens in order to take control of a whole entire nation. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 16, and let's begin to read here in verses 29 as we read about Jezebel and Ahab uh, coming together in marriage. And really, it starts with Ahab because Ahab is now the son of Omri, who the Bible says did evil in the sight of the Lord. In fact, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 16 and let's read this together, uh, whether it's from the NIV or King James or New King James. But I'm going to read, picking up in verse uh, number, let's go 19. Here we go. Verse 19. And because, uh, and it happened, and this is verse 18, I'm sorry. Verse 18. And it happened when Zimri saw that the city was taken, that he went into the citadel, the king's house, and burned. Uh, the king's house down upon him. Now, when we go here to verse 29, this is uh, now, I'm sorry, I'm just going to jump down to verse 29, but here's what it said. So verse 28, so Omri rested with his fathers and was buried in Samaria. 
Then Ahab, his son, reigned in his place. In the 38th year of Azah, king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, became king over Israel. Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Now, verse 30. Now, Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord and more than all who were before him. Let me just stop right there. Because when we study this out of its grammatical context, Ahab is now committing even more sins, even more than the kings that were before him there in northern Israel. Judges 2.10 tells us that there was a generation that did not know the Lord, that they gave their worship to Baal and Ashereth. Here's what's interesting about this this connection between Jezebel and Ahab. Verse 31, And it came to pass, as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the sons of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel. Now, prior to him taking wife Jezebel, Ahab was known as an offender and a repeat offender towards God. In fact, in this passage of Scripture, he is already breaking the law by marrying Jezebel, who is now tied into him. And now they begin what we would what we would read here as serving Baal and worshiped him. He broke the first commandment as soon as he married this woman. She was a non-Jewish woman. She was the daughter of Ethbal, the king of Sidon. So she was already in worship with Baal and worshiped Baal and was a prophetess for Baal. And here's what here's what Ahab did in verse 32. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal which he had built in Samaria. So now he's really putting into perspective that he is breaking not only the first commandment but now he's moving into breaking other commandments by building altars and building other images and now he is in connection with Jezebel who is now uh, leading him and really telling him uh, at this point, because he told him, then he set up an altar for Baal. How did this happen? I mean, that's the question that we must be able to ask ourselves. How did this happen? The king of Israel now setting up an altar uh, for Baal in the temple of Baal. Well, when we look up this word out of its uh, Hebrew context, the word is quum, and it is the Old Testament 6965, okay? Now think about this. Here is what begins to happen. Ahab creates this dwelling place, and it is a statue. He erected a temple. He erected uh, something here in Samaria that would give worship, his worship, the people's worship, to Baal. Now, this is in line to many of the sins that were taking place throughout Israel. Remember, go back to Judges chapter 2, right? We're, we're, we're noticing something here, that there's a pattern of worship that is happening throughout the whole entire uh, children of Israel, throughout the whole nation of Israel. Why am I pointing this out? Because one of the ways the spirit of Jezebel attacks is to take your worship. That's the first thing that we see here. Number one, the spirit tries to take away your true devotion and your true worship to God. In other words, if Elijah is the prophet that comes and we know that he's the one that comes in power and, and we're to believe that he's coming in restoring all things, Jesus said it, and we do believe that. 
The reason why I suggest that if we believe is because whether we believe it or not, here's what happens. Elijah comes to restore the hearts of the children to the father and the father to the children, restoring worship back into the home. In other words, these are family altars that was built for Yahweh, that is built for Yahweh, that is built for God, that Jezebel attempts to tear down. This is why Ahab did worse than all of those before him because he erected and built an altar to Baal. Think about that. Forsook all to build an altar for the enemy of God, a false God, and now because of his wife, number one, here's what she did. She turned his heart towards her God. She turned his heart towards her God. It sounds as though Ahab has a weak conviction. He has a weak relationship. And he has a weak confession of his relationship with the Lord. I want to stop right there and I want to continue with part two. And talking about breaking the agreement with Jezebel. So I want to thank everybody for taking the time today. Really, it's just, you know, we can get into this. But I want to thank you for taking the time today here on Kingdom Shift is a Supernatural Podcast. I want to say a prayer for all those that are listening today. Maybe perhaps you've turned your heart away from God. Maybe your worship has gone wayward. Well, I want to pray the power of the Holy Ghost begins to permeate wherever you're at right now and begin to touch you through His Spirit. Father, we thank you today for those that are listening on this podcast. We thank you, God, that you are doing something new, something powerful in the lives of your people. So today, Lord, we ask that you would restore and repair the heart. Maybe someone feels far from you. Maybe someone does not feel that you're with them. Lord, I pray that you're with them even today. I pray for somebody's body even now, God, that you would heal them through the power of the Holy Spirit. That in Jesus' name, that there would be a turnaround for that person listening today. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen.